Hey, what's going on, degenerates of the world? Welcome to the very first Girls Got Game podcast hosted by yours truly, Joe Butter. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, given the fact that you're here, tells me that you're a degenerate golf better golf DFSer like myself, so welcome. Um, like me, you probably saw the opportunity to profit off of the LPGA and actually the Corn Ferry Tour, and I believe eventually the Champions Tour. I'm not really going to touch into that yet. Uh, not, that's not really my forte, but I am going to focus on the LPGA Tour. There is an opportunity here to make quite a bit of money uh, because, frankly, I was doing some digging, and there's not a whole lot out there for information, for stats, for stuff for us to go off of. So I, th- I think a lot of people that are going to be playing this are going to be going in blind. So that's where I come in. I've built a custom model to put some information in front of you, give you some analysis over the past two seasons of the LPGA Tour, and obviously I'll be updating it as we go with every event. Uh, So let's put it to the test. Again, thank you for joining. Uh, We will get into some LPGA talk, obviously. Before I do that, I want to address the monkey in the room. We all know what's going on in the golf world. We all heard the news today. Uh, Tiger Woods was involved in a single car accident this morning was rushed to the hospital, uh, underwent surgery. Uh, Stories are that he has some knee or leg fractures, and what I read was a quote-unquote shattered ankle. At the end of the day, when when the news first broke, I mean, I I initially had, like, is is this man alive concerns. Um, That was my initial thought. I mean, that's probably where everybody's head went to, um, not as a golfer and you know as the greatest player we've ever seen but just as a, as a human being and I mean frankly for me and I'm sure I speak for a lot of people that are listening because you guys are golf fans he was our idol I mean he he's god on the golf course um, and we we all gravitated towards that that's why we got interested in the game frankly um, and a lot of players in today's world can thank him for the type of money that they make on a weekly basis I mean Tony Finau came second place this, this week you know, his, his eighth runner-up finish, he cashed a million-dollar check for that. Who are you going to thank for that? You're thanking Tiger Woods for that. So I want I want to, you know, give my thoughts and prayers out to the Tiger and his family. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's heartbreaking more for, you know, Sam and Charlie and what they have to go through, the, the, the type of shit that they've been through with their dad. Uh, it's just, you shouldn't have to go through that. I mean, obviously, they, they live a fortunate life, but at, at the same time, I mean, they've, they've seen their dad go through surgery after surgery after surgery, struggling to walk, can't get up can't move, can't play, can't throw a ball, can't do anything, and, and this is just another thing to add to the list, uh, and it's heartbreaking. Uh, hopefully everything goes well in surgery. We still haven't heard any news yet. I'm recording this at 9.30 p.m. on Tuesday. I uh, haven't heard anything yet, which I guess could be taken as good news. Uh, no news is good news, really, at this point. Uh, you know you know how private he is and how, how he's going to try to keep this in-house for as long as possible. So uh, no news is good news for now. Um, hopefully we see him back up and, you know, normal. I mean, I don't even care if he plays golf again. I mean, obviously we would like it as golf fans and Tiger fans, but if he doesn't, you know, if he's just a, a, a father that can be, you know, a, a happy parent and an active parent to his children, uh, that's, that's kind of what we're hoping for. So, so get well, Tiger. We're all, we're all pulling for you. Um, we know, you know, you're, you're one of the strongest people we've ever seen. So, uh, if anybody can do it, he can hard to get over something like that and hard to want to talk about, other things, but 
Um, reports are that everything seems to be going as good as we can expect. So let's carry on. Um, LPGA. Uh, hope hope you guys are paying attention to what's going on because, like I said in the beginning, there's a lot of ways to make some money off of this because, frankly, I, th- I think a lot of people are going to be going into this blind and going and picking their rosters off a of name value, which could pay off at the top of your rosters, but it's not going to pay off at the bottom. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of numbers that we can dive into. Um, I've done some extensive research um, since the Diamond Resort Tournament of Champions a few weeks ago. I've I've spent the last few weeks building a custom model for this purpose for my own sake and as well as yours, the listeners, uh, trying to get some information to go into these contests and win some money. I noticed uh, this week the contests they have aren't great. Uh, so we need to get those filled up so they see that there's interest and they give us some better contests. Uh, the best contest they have is the, the $8, uh, I think it's a 40 max entry. I'm not even sure what the max entry is, uh, but it, that's that's the best contest they have, 2000 and first. Uh, it's guaranteed prize pool, but it's just it's obviously not what they have on the PGA Tour. We weren't expecting to have what they have on the PGA Tour right away, but let's get these contests filled up so they will give us those those. Uh, those better options. So this week we have the Gainbridge LPGA. Uh, it's the second year of this event. It's the first year at this golf course. Last year, Madeline Sagstrom, who if speaking of Madeline Sagstrom, if you guys haven't heard this story, um, it was all over LPGA Twitter, um, which I'm sure not many people are in tune with yet. I think it's going to become a lot more popular now with this and betting and DFS aspect aspect of it. I think LPGA is going to become a lot more popular. But for those of you that that didn't get that story, go check it out. Uh, she's a she's a strong-ass woman, and she's been through a lot of shit, and, and her story is pretty... I mean, it's devastating what happened, but it's a good lesson for, you know, the girls, uh, young young girls, young ladies around the world um, to, you know, to realize they have that voice, they can speak up. Um, so check out that story. It's pretty powerful. Uh, but she is the defending champion. Um, I am rooting for her for that reason, uh, but I'm also rooting for some other people for my bank accounts reason. Uh, we'll get into. It's playing at Lake Nona Golf and Country Club in Florida. Uh, it's a it's a course that the players know as a lot of them live in and around the area. Uh, a lot of the men play at this golf course too. It's never hosted an official event. However, it did host the inaugural Solheim Cup in 1990, which the U.S. won. Um, it's hosted a few Tavistock Cups. It's hosted uh, many U.S. Open qualifiers, uh, amateur events, all, all sorts of tournaments however it hasn't had an official professional circuit event uh, this is going to be the first one uh which which is going to be kind of cool it's a it's a beautiful course i believe we've seen it before um in some exhibition matches and things like that so it should be interesting um it's 6,701 yards par 72 um i've done some digging into this and that's that's long for an lpga tournament uh the, over the past two years the average golf course was r- roughly 6,400 yards so we had an extra 300 yards um, that's big. One of the big biggest differences between the men and the women is the is the distance. Other than that, they're virtually the same. I mean, these these girls can play. Uh, hence the name of this podcast, Girls Got Game. I came up with that for a reason. But they they can play. Make the golf courses a little bit shorter to to make it like a, a level playing field with the men. And these girls are just as good. I mean, the Diamond Resort Tournament of Champions a few weeks ago was one of the most thrilling events I've watched in a long time. Danielle Kang and the quarter sisters Jessica and uh, Nelly. Came down. I mean, the winning score was twenty four under and went to a playoff. I mean, they can they can post some scores. I mean, Jessica Quarter shot a sixty uh, that Saturday, and only picked up three strokes on Kang because she shot sixty three right on top of it. 
it, it was exhilarating. It was a great tournament to watch. Um, and I think this is going to be a great season. I think the betting aspect is going to really open the eyes of people to, to show them that the women can play. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm excited to watch and dive into this. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. As far as the DFS aspect of the whole situation, I think it's going to be pretty profitable. If anybody is willing to do any sort of research on top of the bare minimum, I think it's they're going to be handing you cash. DraftKings is going to be handing you cash. Uh, because, it, like I said, no, there's going to be people going into this blind, and they're just going to be donating $8. Um, and I'm all for that. Donate money to my pocket. I am all for that. All right, let's go. Um, so anyway, what we're going to be looking for in this event is, you know, the long hitters. Obviously, we want that extra yarder, so we're not hitting, you know, hybrids into these par-4 greens. So we want some long hitters. We want, obviously, some accurate hitters. Uh, so basically, driving distance and ball striking is kind of what I'm looking for. I want you to hit greens. I want you to hit hit it a long way, hit greens. Uh, from what I gathered, um, a lot of the putting statistics are relatively similar from top to bottom. I mean, it ranges from anywhere from 29 to 31 and a half, 32 putts around per player, um, which is pretty normal. I mean, that's kind of what you see everywhere. You, you have the guys on tour that are really great putters that can get down, you know, in 28, 27 range. But for the most part, that's kind of the status quo. But what that means to me is I want people that can hit the green and, you know, coming in with with six iron, seven iron, six irons instead of three irons and hybrids or whatever they use. And I want them 30 putts to come from greens regulation. I don't want those 30 putts to come from the scramblers. So we're going to keep an eye on that. I'm not so much worried about the putting statistics per se. I'm just, I, I want them to be birdie putts. So we'll be looking at those and kind of be wary. So I have a strokes gained. Actually, let me, let me explain this a little bit. I, I came up with a strokes gained model of my own. Since the LPGA Tour doesn't use Shot Tracer or anything that gives you any sort of advanced statistics in their game, we kind of have to go based on standard stats. Driving accuracy, greens regulation, scrambling percentage, putting, par 3, par 4, par 5, scoring, scoring average total. Like It's just the bare minimum, basically the shit that you write down on your own scorecard when you go play golf and you want to track your basic stats. That's all they give us. So what I did is I basically went back to the past two years gathered all the numbers from every player that's qualified with the next amount of rounds and came up with the median of each statistic. And when I use the term strokes gained here, it's not going to be your typical strokes gained information that the PGA Tour gives us. It's going to be strokes gained to the median of that statistic. So for instance, if the average greener regulation percentage is 65%, if say Nelly Corda hits 75% of her greens over the course of the season, she gained 10 strokes of the field is what I'm getting at. It's not what that term means. So if you listen to me on our PGA podcast, it's going to be a completely different meaning, obviously. But we need to come up with something, and, and it's just an easier way to say it. Uh, hopefully with the betting aspect, the LPGA is going to realize that they need to provide these numbers for us to make educated bets and and you know do our research i, th I think they'll do that um the lpga seems to have a very uh motivated commissioner i know the one just left and they just brought in a new one but uh mike juan i think his name was that just retired or resigned um i think he was just phenomenal in growing this game and getting it to the point where it is and giving us this opportunity to bet on it but at the same time we can't stop here it's got to keep going I don't know about everybody else. I'll speak for myself. I want this to keep growing because I want to keep doing this. It gives us an extra contest each week. 
Uh, if you're like me and you primarily focus on DFS in the golf landscape, give me some more options. Give me, you know, some, I'll, I'll, I'll dabble in the Corn Ferry Tour. I'm just not going to do my own research. I'll hope that somebody else does the research for me and I can read some articles, listen to some pods. In this case, I'm going to do the research for you and hopefully you listen to me. Uh, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. All right, so that's what I mean when I say strokes gained. Little tangent, just to explain, this is the first episode, so kind of giving you an idea of where my head's at and what I'm doing. So basically what I have is just a custom strokes gain model using basically every statistic that the LPGA offered. Um, I just went on their website and I, and I looked up some, you know, similar to baseball reference and, and pro football reference, just kind of trying to find any sort of information I could find. Um, so that's what I spent the last three weeks doing to prepare for this. So let's go. All right. So basically what I'm going to be doing is I'm just going to run down uh, the different pricing tiers, give you some uh, plays, give you some fades, give you some sleepers, give you the absolute stone cold locks. Also, just an FYI, I do post an article once a week. Um, so I'm going, to, I'm going to be doing written content in the teaser. I wasn't sure yet, but I just made the decision a couple days ago. So I'm going to be posting a weekly article that I actually just posted uh, on fantasypros.com. Uh, they're not real heavy into the golf landscape of DFS. So I'm going to try to help them get into that. Um, obviously, it's going to be LPGA, which obviously if they're going to break into a PGA, we'll probably start it. But who knows? Let's get into that. And if you if you don't like listening to audio and you just want to read a quick hitter, go ahead, fantasypros.com. Uh, I'll, I'll have a weekly article out there. Um, I think every Tuesday and then the podcast will come out every Wednesday morning. Uh, first thing Wednesday, when, when you wake up, open your phone. Put on your favorite podcast platform, go to Girls Got Game, hit play, subscribe, like, review, rate, whatever you do with podcasts, do it all. Help me out, even if you don't like it. Just, just let me know why. I want to know why. If, if there's some way I can prove, let me know. All right. Anyway, let's get into it. Uh, so I'm going to start off with the 10K range. So I'm going to go 10K and up, then go 9, 8, 7, 6. Uh, so 10K and up, we only got four players. We got Lydia Ko at 10 even, Daniel Kang at 10, 3. Jin Young Ko, 10-9, and Se Young Kim at 11-1. Uh, so this features the two best players in the world. Se Young, or, uh, Jin Young Ko is number one player in the world right now, and Se Young Kim is number two. Their pricing is flip-flopped, and I believe rightfully so. I think Se Young Kim is the best player in this field. I think she is the, the safest play in this field. I'm going to be playing her a lot. That price is going to be hard to get to but let's face it we get we get up to dustin johnson every week and he's above 11-1 every single time he tees it up and we get up to that one um and let me tell you we're starting up here at the bottom ranges of this field is pretty loaded um i, I don't know if DraftKings isn't really privy to what these women can do yet uh so let's take advantage of the in absurd values that's on this board so Seon Kim is, is, is a lock. Uh, she's just unbelievable. I mean, she's number two player in the world. Last year, she played like number one. Uh, she, she won twice. She, she won her first major in the KPMG uh, PGA Championship in October. And, I mean, the stats just across the board. Gained 10 yards on driving. She gained 10 strokes on driving distance. Uh, so she's obviously long enough to contend to compete on this golf course. She gained five strokes in accuracy. So she still hits the fairways. And she led the tour in greens regulation. So you can hit it long, you can hit it straight, you can put it on the green. And I know I talked about how putting is a little bit irrelevant, but she's at the front of the range of when I was saying 29 to 32 putts around in that range. She was right around 29 and a half. So she's right at the front of that. So if you want to take putting into account, she's on top of that. 
and she led the tour in par five scoring. Uh, she's just she's a, she's a star. She really is. She came in, I believe, number three overall in my model, which had a lot to do with her driving distance number was a little lower. So some of these numbers are a little skewed of the bombers, um, and I'll and I'll explain those as I get to them. Um, I got a little bit of tweaking to do with this model, but for now, I I can I comb through it myself and and figure it out which which ones are the red herrings to watch out for. But Seon Kim, she's a lock. She's she's a stud. Uh, Jin Young Ko, same thing. She didn't play much uh, post COVID last year, so the numbers that we have on her is a little bit limited. Um, she's obviously the number one player in the world, so obviously she's good. We know she could play. It's a little surprising that she's probably so high given how little she played, but I mean. That, that tells you why. I mean, she's just unbelievable player. Um, one thing she did do in 2020, she top 10 at 75% of her events, which, I mean, frankly, if you're looking to win some money in these events, what you need is you need everybody to top 10. You know what I mean? If, if you want to take down a, a large field GPP, you need top 10s. So that's one thing that I look for also is top 10 percentage. That's one thing that, that they gave us that I didn't have to go event through event, which is nice because that would have been a pain in the ass, let me tell you. It was already a pain in the ass doing what I did, but thankfully it's the, the base of it is complete, so I don't have to worry about that. But Jin Young-Ko is, is good, too. Um, Daniel Kang is interesting at 10-3. She obviously looked exceptional at the Tournament of Champions where she basically led the entire way, and then I don't want to say she faltered on Sunday because she didn't falter. She shot three under. She just got caught by Korda and lost in a playoff. So like she played well the entire week just happened to get beat on Sunday afternoon. Uh, but it's, uh, I'm not really sure what to do here because my whole thing, I have basically two roster builds in mind. I have one where I'm going up to 11-1 to get say Young Kim and then, you know, kind of skipping the 10s and, and mostly the 9s going into the 8s and building like a stars and scrubby type of lineup. And then I have one where I'm taking two players in the 9s that are basically my other two locks uh, and the, the player that I think is going to win the event in the 9k range uh so daniel kang's kind of in that weird median that i'm just not really playing i'm not finding a good spot for her in my lineup i'm just i'm just not her numbers don't jump out at you they they don't i mean she's very consistent very steady she gains strokes in distance and accuracy and greens and putting and all par scoring she gained in every single stat that i found however she only top 10 in 38 percent of her events last year seems kind of weird i mean if you're that consistent and that steady across the board in every statistical category. I'm surprised you're not top 10ing a little bit more. And and don't get me wrong, 38% is that's a solid top 10 stat. I mean, you're top 10ing in four of every 10. That's pretty good. It's just when you got girls up here that are doing 60, doing 70%. That 38 looks a little substandard. So I don't I don't hate Daniel Kang this week. I just don't I just don't love it. Um, and Lydia Ko is a big fade for me. Uh, she's been bad. For three years. I mean, I don't want to say she's been bad, but compared to what she did when she burst onto the scene at 16 years old, she won rapidly. She climbed to the number one player in the world at 17 years old. She was the youngest ever to do it. Uh, she won, I believe, 15 events. I believe she has 15 wins. Let me look right now. Uh, yeah, 15 wins, and she's won two majors, but she has not won since 2018. And she only won once in 2018. So she, since 2016, she's won one time. And she's dropped all the way to number 29 in the world, which isn't horrible. It's not like a Jordan Spieth drop or Tiger post four surgeries before he climbed back to number one in 2013. 
it's just odd. Like it's she's there, she's making cuts, she's just not placing. And it and at ten thousand dollars, I'm actually shocked that she's priced this high, based on the way she's played the last couple of years. Um, so I'm I'm just staying away from it. I I don't trust it. Her game is too volatile for me right now. And of my custom model of of just a com- combination of all the strokes gained from 2020 and 2019, she's the only player priced above seven seventy nine hundred that has an overall negative strokes gain number. Um, so I'm just uh, not interested. All right, so let's move on to the 9K range. We got Nelly Corda at 9.8. We got Lexi Thompson at 9,600. Brooke Henderson, 9,300. Jessica Corda, 9,200. Jung-Un Lee, 6, 9,100. All right, actually, real quick, let me preface this. I apologize to all the beautiful young women that play on this tour that their names are very difficult to pronounce. Um, I'm not really hip to the pronunciation yet. I haven't watched enough and heard the announcers pronounce their name. Uh, so if I butcher some of these names these first couple of weeks, I sincerely apologize. I'm not trying to make fun of you or trying to be mean to these players. It's just some of these names are very difficult to say. <laughs> so I, I do want to apologize for that leading up to it. Um, anyway, we got Jung-Un Lee 6 at 9,100 and Nasa Hataoka at 9,000 even. I love this range. I really love this range. We got three of the top seven players in the world, and then, you know, the 11th player, the 12th player. I mean, this is just a studly group. Headline at the top, Nelly Korda um, really played well at the Tournament of Champions a few weeks ago, had a great 2020 um, where she won. Oh, she didn't win in 2020. I lied. She top 10 and 33% of her events. Okay, her 2019 was all better than her 2020. I got my players mixed up. But she looked really good at... The tournament of champions however a 67 really set her back on saturday you heard that correct a 67 cost her the tournament because uh, that was the same day where i mentioned earlier that jessica corda uh, her big sister shot 60 and daniel kang shot 63 kind of separated themselves from the rest of the field nelly corda was in between the two going into the weekend and that 67 just kind of did her in she was playing catch up all day on sunday she shot 66 and and just wasn't enough she ended up losing by two actually i think she shot 64 that sunday uh, she ended up losing by two. Yeah, 64. And, and still couldn't make up ground because of that ghastly 67. Just couldn't make up. If I'm going into an event and your results from the previous event were skewed poorly because of a 67, look, I'm going right back to the well. I'm playing you again. Um, she's absurdly long. She's third in this field in driving distance. Um, she's tour average at accuracy which is all i need like if you're hitting it she she gained 19 strokes to the field in driving distance in 2020 so if you're gaining that much yardage and you're hitting the fairways at average at at tour median then i'm game and you know gain seven and a half strokes range of regulation gain almost two strokes in scoring total um she's just she's great um she's number four number four player in the world for a reason um, and she's been playing very, very well lately. Uh, so I'm, I'm going, going there. Um, and before I get into a fade, I'm going to bring you to the winner of the event. In my opinion, I believe Brooke Henderson at $9,300 is going to win this tournament. Uh, she's just so good everywhere. If she needs to improve one thing, it's putting. But her putting is just, just a tick below tour average. And she's 14 strokes gained in driving distance, four strokes gained in driving accuracy, two and a half in scoring. She she was second on tour in scoring last year, 
and second on tour in uh, greens regulation. So you're hitting it long, you're hitting it straight, you're hitting the greens, and you're not putting fantastically, but you're hitting enough greens to where you know those two putts aren't for bogey, and the scoring is reflecting that. And one of the big things for me, she top 10 60% of her events last year. Give me all the top 10s. It's safe. It, she's got a floor. She's got a ceiling. I believe she's going to win the tournament, uh, and and she's just she's just really good. Um, and ninety three hundred dollars, I think, is a bargain. I'm I'm shocked that they that they were able to find six players to price above her. I really am. At that at that floor, that level of consistency and top tending in more than half of her events, I, I, I'm just shocked that they could find that many players that were they were confident were that much better than she is. So and and Jessica Corda, um, she's she's interesting. Ninety two hundred, I think, is a great price for someone coming off of a big win. Um, you don't really see that on the PGA Tour. If if one of the top players in the world comes off of a big win, they, their price skyrockets. Um, she has been underwhelming for the last couple years. She only top ten and fifteen percent of her uh, events last year. She hadn't won in a few years up until uh, January at the Tournament of Champions. However, she was dominant at the Tournament of Champions. I mean, I mean, Daniel Kang, Daniel Kang kept up with her. Obviously, led most of the way until quarter caught her, but just. I mean, of the other 23 players in the field, she was dominant. Um, she led the field in driving accuracy and led the fields in greens regulation, which has been her issue. And she's long. She's just as long as her sister. She's 17 strokes to the field. So she's interesting. I'm, I, I'm leaning towards going up $100 to get Brooke Henderson, who I think is going to win and is much, much safer. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I have her in some of my lineups. I have some lineups where I started Nelly, Jessica, and Brooke Henderson. I got three 9K women and I went down you know to the to the mid to low sevens and the upper sixes to finish it out I think that's a great way to start your lineup um a big fade in this range is Lexi Thompson um I love watching Lexi Thompson I, I think she's has been great for the game of golf uh women's golf for you know a while now it's just she just hasn't been playing well um she I don't know I don't know what it is she's horrible on the greens she has been horrible on the greens Last year, she showed it again last event at the Tournament of Champions. She was uh, T21 in putts per round in a field of just 25 players. She still managed to come in T7, but again, there's only 25 players. So, like, if you're, you know, one of the best players in the world, you should come in the top five. Like, you just should. And that putting number, you know, now in a field of 120 players, that putting number scares me. I don't know. I at 9600 there's too many players in this range that I'd rather play I'd rather if I'd rather go up 200 to Nelly Corder or come down 300 to Brooke Henderson it's just she's in that spot where I just don't like um she obviously has a absurdly high ceiling if if you want to go contrarian that's fine however I also think she's going to be one of the highest owned players because she's the most well-known player especially in, in this country we know Lexi Thompson. She's probably the most recognizable player on the LPGA Tour for Americans. And for that reason, everybody's going to play her. And I, I fell into that trap. You know, once the LPGA started doing these DraftKings contests for us, uh, I think the U.S. Women's Open was kind of their big entry into the DFS world. I played Lexi Thompson because, I'm like, I know who she is. She's going to be televised. Like, they're going to show her. So if I'm picking players, I want to be able to watch them. A lot of these players are not going to be able to watch right away until they get used to the fact that they're going to have more eyes now 
um, and a lot of people are going to play her, and I, I don't think that's a good idea this week. Uh, so I think that's going to be one leverage play is getting off of her and going to somebody else. And Nasa Hataoka is sneaky. Um, she's sneaky, sneaky, steady. Uh, she top 10 in 42% of her events last year. Uh, she gained eight strokes in distance, four strokes, uh, greens in regulation, and over a half stroke on the greens. Her scoring average was 69. Uh, she's a very, very good player at 9,000. So I would keep an eye out for her. I definitely have her in some lineups as well. All right. Let's go into the 8Ks, where we got Ali Ewing at 8,900, Carlota Seganda, 8,800, Charlie Hull, 8,700, Yelimi No, 8,600, Sung Hyun Park, 8,500, Georgia Hall, 8,400, Anna Norquist, 8,300, Jenny Shin, 8,200, Austin Ernst, 8,100, and Megan Kang, 8,000 even. This group, I don't love which is why i'm either going up to say young kim at 11 and then like taking an upper there's a couple up top that i like taking an upper eight lower nine and then dropping down to the sevens or taking two or three nine k and just ditching this group completely it's just not a great batch of floor players there's some floors in the 7k that i find better than the floors in the 8k and if i'm going down here i'm looking more floor uh and and then you know you want to Sprinkle in that one ceiling player that can bust it out and, you know, win by three. All right, let's get into it. My favorite play in this range is Carlota Seganda at 8,800. I'm loading her up everywhere I go. Uh, she's been very, very good uh, of late. She has two wins in her career. She's the 15th player in the world, ranked down here at 8,800. Um, actually, right about the 15th player in the field. So that's actually a good spot. The one issue she has is accuracy she's she gains 12 strokes to the field and distance so she's long she is long enough for this golf course plenty long but she loses three and a half strokes in accuracy which isn't a lot i mean it's not good believe me it's not good all the players up top that i'm playing are gaining strokes in in these aspects however she turns that into eight strokes gained in greens regulation so either she dominates the holes where she hits the fairway or She's a very, very good player out of the rough because she's also gaining over a stroke and a half in scoring. So she's she's scoring as well. It's not that, you know, she's hitting it long, gouging it out, and making pars. Like, she is scoring. She's she's one of the best players on tour in scoring average. So she's figuring out a way to make it work. And at $8,800, I, I literally see possibility where she wins this event. And worst case, I mean, she top 10, 25% of her events last year. It's not a high number, but, I mean, the further we go, it's going to get lower. She's the highest in, uh, she is the second highest in this range behind Anna Norquist. After that, actually, there's only Anna Norquist and Catherine Kirk are the only higher numbers. Sorry, I'm scrolling down. The only the only numbers higher in the rest of the field. Um, so, with that number, you're getting good floor, good steady top 10 equity, and the ability to win, which she's done it. She's done it before. She's won twice. Uh, so I'm, I'm loading up on, on Carlota Seganda. I also like Ali Ewing, who's right above her. I'm at 8,900. I don't love her as much, so I'm not really playing her as frequently. Um, what Kind of what I'm doing is I'm using two of the same lineups and just swapping the two of them in just because I don't want to get it wrong and then fuck up an entire lineup. So I'm just, I'll take one lineup aside, run through the same players and drop an Ali Ewing. You know, it's another floor. I mean, she gains in every aspect, distance, accuracy, greens. She's top 10 and 14% of her events. 
Um, she's positive strokes and scoring and all three, all three types of holes, part three, part four, part five. She's just, she's very steady, very consistent. I think she provides you a pretty solid floor. Um, I just like the, the floor ceiling combination of Carlota Saganda better. However, Al Ewing did win last year where Saganda didn't, but uh, Ewing's the 35th player in the world and Saganda's 15th and they're priced a hundred dollars different. I think that's a, that's a strange gap. Um, you don't see that very often with the men. Let's see. I also like Austin Ernst here a lot. She's 8100 and I'm finding her in a lot of my lineups just because she's in that price range that is just very accessible. A very easy number to fit into a lineup of any style of build. Um, so I'm playing her a lot. She's probably one of my highest owned players for that reason. It's just 8100 is just like that sweet spot that it's just it's every time you fill up lineup you get down, you get five players in and you're sitting at, you know, $8200 left for your last player and you're like, "Ah, fuck, where do I go?" So what I'm doing is I'm throwing an Austin Ernst in that spot. Uh, similar to the other players, kind of what I'm looking for. She she hits the bill in every category that I'm looking for. She gains strokes, distance, accuracy, greens, and scoring. And she top 10 in 24% of her events. So one of every four, she's top 10 and she's sitting down here 8,100. 8,100 for someone who top 10s, one of every four events. And she gains in every aspect. And she's been improving. I mean, she improved overall seven and a half strokes from 2019 to 2020. So she's getting better. Um, so I, I see that continuing just based on the the, the trend that I'm following. Um, so I'm, I'm going to play her. Uh, my big fade from this range. So basically what I'm trying to do here is give you, you know, two or three locks from each range. And then I'll give you a big fade. And then that's kind of what we're going to do. Uh, again, first episode, I'll explain kind of as I'm going. So this episode will be a little bit longer than it will be in the future. In the future, I won't have to explain all these things. We'll just start, get right into it and start talking. But yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the idea here. Uh, big fade here is going to be Anna Norquist. I mentioned a minute ago, she's the highest top 10 percentage player left. Um, it's just she's short. She's very short. She she lost six strokes to the field. She's average in greens and regulation. I just, I don't know. It worries me. This this course is, is very, very long. In relation to LPGA standards, and I want girls that can hit it, you know, a little bit longer, and where the other numbers aren't falling. In this range, we can find those players, and it's just I'm I'm, I'm seeing better value. She's only gained, you know, a total of six strokes in the past two years, so she's not playing great, playing consistently, you know, to the top ten, but she's she's just she's not winning. Um, her winning days for now are behind her. Who knows what can happen? Anything can happen in any given week. But for now, I'm, I'm kind of staying off of it because I, I just don't trust the floor. All right, so now let's jump into the 7K range where we have. All right, now we're getting to quite a bit bigger of a range. This field seems to be very top-heavy. I'm not sure if it's the fact that DraftKings just doesn't, doesn't have a whole lot of information on these players or, you know, they're afraid of the people like us that are actually doing the research that they're trying to make it difficult for us to find some of the names. I'm not really sure what's going on, but it's a very top heavy field where 8K and above is only 20 players. You know, the other 100 come in the 6 to 7K range. Seems a bit odd, but anyway, let's get into it, which actually helps us because we could find some diamonds down in this area, but it, it, it just seems a little bit strange. Anyway, so we got Cheyenne Knight, 7,900, Jennifer Song, 7,900, Amy Yang's, 7,800, and Van Dam, 7,800. Uh, Caroline Masson and Amy Olsen at 7,700. Celine Boudier, Mi Jung Her at 7,600. Angela Stanford and Mel Reed at 7,500. 
Ng Chun and Gabby Lopez at 74. Brittany Altamare at 73. We have Lizette Salas, Sarah Schmelzel, Jennifer Cupcho, and Sophia Popov at 7,200. Stacey Lewis, Xiu Lin, Catherine Kirk, Madeline Sagstrom, and Angel Lin at 7,100. And then we got Cello Choi, Lindy Duncan, Stephanie Meadow, Yu Lu, Christy Curry, and Jane Park all at 7,000. All right, let's get into it. Let me give you some of my favorites, my absolute favorite. And one player that I placed a wager on to win this event because I think she has a chance to win. She recent she didn't recently won. She won last year uh, at the Tournament of Champions of 2019 or 2020. Excuse me, I, I forget we're in 2021 already. This this whole fucking last 13 months has just been a big giant blur. Anyway, Gabby Lopez, she's so good. Um, I, the fact that she's 7400 is shocking to me. Um, she top tens in 17% of her events. Um, she's not at Absurdly long, but she's long enough. She gained seven strokes to the field in driving distance, two and a half strokes in green regulation, a stroke in scoring. Now, when you see someone down here at 7,400 that that is in the top half of scoring average in this field in on tour, that's shocking to me. Um, I placed a wager on her. She, similar to Austin Ernst, she's finding her way into every single one of my lineups. It's it's so easy. One to fall in love with with players in these ranges that you know it's gonna be your key to victory or it's just going to crash and burn your entire lineup if you get wrong but you kind of got to go on, out on a limb here and kind of gravitate towards you know that player and gabby lopez is that player to me she's just so steady um she's long enough she's accurate she's tour average and driving accuracy she's gaining on the greens um uh, not by much but you know anything is is something it's just uh, the floor 17 percent top tens the floor is there I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all about Gabby Lopez this week. My other favorite, so I got I got a few. This is, like I said, this is these are the uh, the price range that I love this week. Um, and it's going to make it so easy. There's going to be a couple lineups that I have where I'm leaving, you know, five $600 on the board, which could give me that leverage. Obviously, I'm detailing people for you that I'm, I'm, these are the same players that I'm putting in my lineups, obviously. I wouldn't be telling you to do it if I wasn't doing it myself. There's going to be leverage opportunities to leave some salary on the board and still get quality quality players another person amy olsen at 7700 uh she damn near won the u.s open in december she should have won the u.s open amid tragedy that struck her family mid-tournament and she couldn't leave because of covid protocols or she could have left obviously she could have left if she left she couldn't have come back because of covid protocols. she couldn't have flown home i think it happened thursday i think it happened the first round she lost her father-in-law um and her husband told her not to come back because if she did, she would have lost. It must have happened Friday because she was, you know, in the lead. Um, and her husband, you know, told her not to come back. Like, they can handle it, you know, on Sunday, things like that. However, like, amid that tragedy, she ended up losing it on Sunday. She came in second. You know, she, she hasn't won yet. And it's shocking. When I watched that event, I watched that tournament from start to finish, and she was so consistent, so steady. At a course like, you know, U.S. Open, it was set up like a U.S. Open. I think minus two won the event. You see a person is dominant, and they're just making pars. Like, that's kind of all you're doing. But she was doing that in convincing fashion. I was very disappointed to see her not win. But again, I, I saw something that, you know, this person shouldn't be priced at 7700 She's way too good for that. Uh, she's gaining everywhere except driving accuracy. However, she only lost 0.6 strokes to the field in driving accuracy. Six and a half on distance, two in greens regulation, one in scoring. She's just so good. For $7,700, I, I love this play. I'm playing it everywhere. Um, I, I just think the floor is there. 
Another player I love in this range is Ziyu Lin. Sorry if I mispronounce your name. It's X-I-Y-U Lin. Uh, price is 7100 Based on the numbers that she has, I'm kind of shocked to see her sitting at this price. I mean, she just seems to be so steady across the board. A $7,400 price tag, excuse me, a $7,100 price tag just doesn't seem to fit. I mean, she gained strokes in every aspect. Three strokes, driving, accu uh, driving distance, five and a half, driving accuracy, three quarters of a shot in scoring. I mean, it's just all there, but she's only top 10 in 6% of her events which could be the issue. I don't know what's holding her back. However, she also improved seven and a half strokes overall between 2019 and 2020. So she is getting better. Um, and this could be like a breakout type of year for her. I don't think she's won yet. Uh, no, she hasn't won yet. So it could be, and she's also not ranked in the top 50 in the world. It could be that she's young, but she is improving. And, it, and she's someone that I, I'm really interested in this week. I just think that's good value when the stats, like you're just looking at numbers. Like we're trying to find numbers that other people may not necessarily be looking at. Obviously, these numbers are easy to find, but you got to take the time to do it. I took the time to do it, and I'm trying to give you that information so you don't have to. But I'm sure there's not a lot of play people that are going to be playing ZU Lin because they don't know who she is. I think that's going to apply to a lot of players in this field. People just don't know who they are, so they're not going to play them. They're not going to show them on TV, so they're not going to play them. And, and that's where we come in and we can take their money, basically. That's what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to take their money because they're not doing, they're not putting in the work that I put in. I just, I, I find it weird that she's not getting the results based on these numbers. Anyway, that is somebody that I'm playing a lot. And lastly, Jennifer Cupcho, uh, $7,200. I love this play also. I'm playing her a lot. I placed a bet on her as well. I placed a couple bets down here in the 7K. Longer odds. I just think there's a potential to win here. She's long. She gains 10 strokes to the field in distance. She gains four and a half in both driving distance and greens. Not a great putter. She loses strokes on the greens. But at the end of the day, she... Overall, she's gained the most strokes in this field in this entire range going up to, oh, the next person closest to her is Jessica Corda at $9,200. So that's a $2,000 difference and you're getting virtually the same strokes gain total number. Obviously, you're not getting the win equity that you get with Jessica Corda. She hasn't won, but she is the 20th ranked player in the world and she's, you know, the 36th priced player in this field. That seems odd to me. I don't know. That's the type of value that I think we're finding. Like, you're looking at world rankings. Her world ranking number is way too high to be priced where she is. Obviously, something is getting her to that world ranking. She's doing something right. She's top 10 in 14% of her events. The price is just too low. And her betting odds are too low, frankly. I mean, they're in line with this DraftKings price, uh, which is probably what's leading them to that number. But it's just, it's. I don't think it's right. Um, so I'm, I'm loading up on it. People that I'm not interested in. All right, so earlier in the show... I mentioned that there are some numbers that are skewed because that players are just absurdly long off the tee, giving a false sense of security as to what these players can do. And Van Dam, which is probably my favorite name in this field. I wish I could say it more. I wish she was really, really good so I could say her name a lot, but she doesn't appear to be very, very good at all. Over the past two years, she's gained 39 strokes to the field in my model however she's gained in 2020 she gained 29 strokes to the field in driving distance and in 2020 or 20 excuse me 2019 she gained 25 strokes to the field so 38 strokes 54 of them were from driving distance so what does that tell you that she is bad everywhere else because that number came down quite a bit uh, so she lost a total of 16 
strokes everywhere else, which isn't good. She lost 13 and a half in accuracy, so she is wild um, all over the place. Her greens and regulation is decent. She's gained four strokes of the field. However, she lost over a stroke putting. She can hit the ball a mile. She can't putt. She can't hit it straight. Uh, she lost a half a stroke in scoring. She didn't have a single top 10 last year. Uh, let's see. Did she have a top 10? She had, she, top, she had one top 10 in 20 events in 2019. So one top 10 in the last two years. Uh, just At $7,800, like, I'm looking at all these players that are underneath this number that just seem to be so much better. And I, I don't know what where DraftKings is getting these numbers from. I don't know how much information they have on the LPGA Tour. It's just, I don't know, these numbers are jumping out at me as... You know, a big red X, don't touch this person. That's really the only big giant fade I have in this range. I genuinely like this range. NG Chun at 7,400 is, is interesting because she played really, really well at the Tournament of Champions. She came in fourth. She was kind of involved in that other tournament that had 22 players in it that played alongside the tournament that had Danielle Kang and the Quarter Sisters. She was never really in contention to win. She never really got that close, but, you know, she beat everybody else other than those three that were just dominating everybody. But her numbers aren't good. She's she's not long off the tee. She's not very accurate. She's average at putting. Uh, doesn't top 10 very often. It's just, I don't, I don't know. She looked good at the Tournament of Champions, so it's interesting. I, I'm not doing it, but I wouldn't be against it, per se. I, I'm not like, it's an absolute fade. Don't touch it. Don't even come close to her. No, it's not it's not where I'm at. It's just, at 7400 I'd rather go the same price to Gabby Lopez. I'd rather drop the ZU Lin um, or bump up a little bit to Amy Olsen. There's just better options in that range. Let's go down to 6Ks. This range has probably 50, let's see. So this range has 65 players in it. I'm not going to read off all the names. I'll just tell you... A couple that I really like, maybe one that I don't. My favorite is Elena Sharp. Kind of what I'm getting at. I, I, I find it hard to believe that people that are coming into these blind know who these players are, which is where you out there listening and me, myself, doing this can profit off of it. So let's get into it. Elena Sharp at 6,800. I think she is, with these numbers that I'm looking at, she has to have the highest floor in this range. She gains stroke, she gains seven strokes in distance, three and a half accuracy, four greens regulation, a half a stroke in, in scoring. She only top 10 in 6% of her events last year, but overall she gained 13 strokes overall from 2019 to 2020. So she is rapidly improving, heavily improving over the course of, you know, a, one season. Didn't qualify for the Tournament of Champions because she hasn't won, uh, and she didn't hit any of the other qualifiers. I think they had you had to win in the past two years, or you had to be in the top X amount of you know points for their their season long series. And I'm not sure what the their their Tournament of Champions rules were different this year, just like the men's were, because there just wasn't enough events last year. But she didn't qualify for any of it, so she didn't even have the opportunity to play. Like like I said, she gained or she improved so much from 2019 to 2020 that I'm just I'm following that trend and I'm playing her this week, especially at that price. And these numbers are just they're, they're good. She seems to be a very solid, consistent, steady player. And at 6800, that's what you're really looking for. I want you. I don't necessarily need you to top 10, so that six percent doesn't scare me away. But I want you to make the cut. And these numbers. Scream at me, made cut. So I'm playing her. Um, I'm also going to play a lot of Robin Ree at 6,700. Same thing, just steady across the board. Nothing flashy. Gain strokes everywhere except putting, where she only lost 0 0.02. So, like, take that with a grain of salt. She was she was tour median. She was almost the median that we're basing all these strokes gained off of. I just think that these numbers are just too steady for me. 
There's only, you know, three players in this entire range that are this steady across the board that feel comfortable playing in this, like at this rate. And I'm playing, these two are in almost all of my lineups just because they give you so much flexibility up top. I can fit three 9K women and these two and probably Gabby Lopez, and that's a solid-ass lineup. I can get up to Se Young Kim very easily and probably still pull Brooke Henderson and come down to get these two and then, you know, have two in the sevens. It's very easy to create any type of lineup build you want with these two players on them. And I, and I love these two players this week. Okay, and I'll give you one more that I really like in this range. Um, that's Mariah Stackhouse. She's sitting at 6,700 also. Same thing. I mean, just steady across the board. She greatly improved from 2019. She gained almost eight strokes total uh, from year to year. So another player that's improving. She top 10 and 10% of her events last year. She lost two strokes to the field in distance. I'm kind of looking for longer than that, but it's not horrible. Like, it's not that she's, you know, bottom of the field in, in driving. She's virtually tour average, but she's hit. she gained six strokes in accuracy and four strokes in greens of regulation. So she's hitting it straight, and she's hitting greens. Putting is eh, probably why she's down in this range. She gained a quarter of a stroke in scoring, and like I said, 10% top 10s. $6,700, that, that gives you an idea of floor, kind of what we need down here. That's the name of the game. You get down in the 6K, you got to find people that are going to make the cut. You know, if you have this steady game across the board, you're going to make cuts. Like, look at, compare it to the PGA. We're looking at, like, you get into a field like this. This is one of the best fields that you're going to find in a non-major. Everybody's playing in this in this event. You got 8 of the top 10, you got 18 of the top 20, so on and so forth. Everybody's playing. When you get an event like this for the men, who are we looking at? We're looking at, you know, Kevin Na. Kevin Na is this type of player. It's not long, but he's accurate. He can putt. He can hit his irons. He's very steady across the board where he doesn't miss very many cuts, but he doesn't have the win equity to be priced up in that AK range. That's what I'm looking at here like a, at a player like Mariah Stackhouse. Very steady. Nothing flashy. Just steady across the board. $6,700. You make me a cut. I'm happy. That's all I need. If you, if you top 10, phenomenal. That's how you take down a GPP. That's how you take down a large field tournament is the $6,700 player comes in T3. You know, when your $9,200 player wins, that's that's kind of how it goes. But you give me a top 25, I'm, I'm making some, I'm making a lot more than I paid. Put it that way. Yeah, I mean, one player that I really don't like here, I'll, I'll just give you one because for the most part, the rest of these I don't like very much. Uh, Maria Fassi, she's one of those players where the driving distance just stood out. Uh, she gained 27 and a half strokes to the field in distance. However, she only gained 15 and a half total. So she's losing. She lost 12 strokes to the field in, in accuracy. Tore median at greens regulation. Lost strokes in putting. Lost strokes scoring. Lost strokes in par threes and par fours. That driving distance skews it. She's also a name that's been floating around social media because of her driving distance. Um, she was featured in some Taylor made ads because of her yardage and she was compared. I don't know if anybody noticed it, but uh, I don't, I'm not sure what account it was. It might've been like the Symmetra Tour Twitter account. There was some LPGA, like a mini tour type of deal, developmental tour type of deal that was posting images, like kind of comparing some stats to the men, just as like an advertising, like a marketing campaign. It was a great campaign. I, I read every one of them and it was very interesting. Maria Fassi was in a lot of those because of her distance. So that might be a name that people are going to gravitate towards because of how far she hits it and because she's a name that you might now recognize. However, you look at some of these underlying numbers and they are bad. At 6,600, it seems like a bargain, but it's I'm wary. I'm not I'm not touching it. 66, I got two players at 67 and two at 68 that I love. I'm not going I'm not going down to 66. It's not worth it to me. And that's pretty much it down here. Not much to look positively at, you know, down in this range. If you really want a dart throw, 
Uh, Sydney Clanton, I like that as like a legit dart throw at $6,300. She gained 11 strokes of the field and distance, lost four in accuracy, but gained four in greens, uh, gained a half a stroke in scoring, and she topped 10 in 12% of her events last year. She gained about five and a half strokes total between 2019 and 2020, so she's improving as well at 6,300. That's a pretty solid dart throw that I'm, I'm taking. I've thrown her in one or two to try to load up up top and do like a legit stars and scrubs lineup, but I don't, I don't feel great about it the 12 percent top 10 finish rate is enticing especially at 6300 you don't normally get that at 63 everyone around her zero zero seven zero 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 seven eight zero 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 people down here don't top 10 they just don't and that's why they're priced down here if they top 10 they wouldn't be 61 62 6300 so that's a legit dart throw and that's all i have for you that was fun i hope you guys enjoyed it getting to learn some of these names getting to understand some of the underlying numbers that you're not going to see just by you know looking at the game logs on DraftKings. Um, i'm hoping i can provide you with some quality analysis that's going to help you win and keep you coming back and tell your friends listen to the girls got game podcast um actually real quick i do want to drop my bets that i made i made four bets i do use FanDuel sportsbook just because i like to keep my bankroll separate so FanDuel sportsbook i took uh brooke henderson who I told you in the beginning is my favorite to win the event. I took her at 18 to 1. I thought those were phenomenal odds for a player that's so good. That's, you know, that's Xander Shoffley odds. That's Patrick Cantley odds. Um, I also took Carlota Saganda at 45 to 1. She's priced $500 less than Brooke Henderson. And she's nearly three times as long in betting odds. Seemed odd to me. Jennifer Cupcho at 80 to 1. And Gabby Lopez, who I told you was one of my favorites in the sevens. And one of my favorite values overall, I got her at 90 to 1. Um, those were the four bets I made. They're not really offering. I couldn't find any top 20 bets, top 10 bets, any matchup bets like they do for the PGA. Maybe they'll do that eventually, but I couldn't find it. I was really looking forward to seeing some of those. The top 10% rate numbers that I have would come in handy for that. Anyway, again, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. I've been really pimping this thing for the last few weeks, trying to get people interested, trying to be the first one to do it because I, I haven't seen any LPGA content from a DFS standpoint anywhere. So I really wanted to jump into this space before it gets saturated and kind of bring that analysis to you and help people win some money, help myself win some money by doing this research, you know, having some fun. I mean, everybody talks about PGA, you know, in, in the Twitterverse that I'm involved in. It's all, you know, talking about PGA and I'm, I'm starting to sprinkle my way into the lpj it's a lot of fun man these, these girls are active on social media they're very entertaining christina kim if you guys want a follow on twitter she's at the christina kim she's basically the max homa of lpga twitter i mean she just doesn't take shit from nobody makes fun of people kicks it back uh, a lot of fun she's a great follow if you want to get interested in the lpga she she's very active very entertaining very funny um and informative i mean she she kind of gives you some information on her workout or not work out her uh, practice routines, which is pretty interesting for, you know, someone that needs help on how to practice. I mean, obviously we know go to the range and hit range balls and see how far they go and learn how far each club goes, but there's, there's methods to, you know, actually efficiently practice and, and she helps you with that. But that's a good follow. Anyway, you can follow me. I'm at Joe Butter underscore on Twitter. You can catch my LPGA DFS articles at fantasypros.com you can catch this podcast everywhere you get your podcast you can go to any platform we're not quite on itunes yet but itunes requires a certain amount of downloads and teaser didn't get that many downloads so it's not there yet but it will be there i promise you it will be there every podcast i've done it's been on itunes it just they they're a little bit more selective about you getting on there they want you to 
basically not be a bullshit I just throw a podcast together, nobody listens to it, and they're just going to throw it on there. They don't do that. But anyway, it'll be everywhere you get them. Uh, Subscribe, rate, review. It really helps. It helps get to the new and trending and things like that and brings new ears to the show. So if you could do that for me, I'd greatly appreciate it. If you want to catch any of my PGA work, it's at fromthestadium.com. Without further ado, let's go have some fun. Let's watch some women's golf and men's golf we'll watch them both they don't air at the same time the one problem about the lpga is that at least this event it's going to be aired on tape delay from 7 to 10 thursday through sunday which kind of sucks because i'm going to know what they did it's impossible not to look at your DraftKings lineups during the day it's it's impossible not to look at it so i'm going to know at least i'm going to have an idea on who's playing well because my player pool is pretty slim i'm kind of hammering the same players in each lineup i'm going to know who's you know playing well before I watch it, but I'm still going to watch it. That's kind of how you learn about these players. So catch it on Golf Channel, um, and and let's have some fun, and let's go win some money. This is going to be a blast, and we'll see you next week.